for the quitters. Game quitters. Listen up, quitters. Game quitters. It's the Game Quitters Podcast with Cam Adair and Jason Wellwood. On today's show, it's not you, it's me. It's commitment. And now, committing to game quitting since 2010, your host, Camadere. What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode eight of the Game Quitters podcast. I'm your host, Camadere. Excited to be here today with Jason. Jason, what's going on? Also excited to be here, host Camadere. We just had a discussion about this. We were talking about the fact that apparently I suck at introducing myself properly. So yeah, if you if you listen back an episode or two, you might act, actually come in with "I'm your co-host Camadere." I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to look into that. What do we got lined up today? So we want to talk about commitment, and the reason we want to talk about commitment is because I think it's such a central piece of you being successful when you quit gaming if you're not committed whether it's with gaming or or anything else that you want to accomplish if you're not committed you're never going to be successful and i think it's really easy for us to forget just how important that element of commitment commitment's like the very beginning and it's the first line of defense when things start going wrong and things aren't going your way or, or you have tough days or you know something unpleasant is happening it always comes back to your commitment are you committed to doing whatever it takes to push through whatever is in front of you to get to where you want to be and if you're not then you'll find every excuse in the world to fail and if you are you'll find every creative opportunity to succeed and i get so many emails and comments and and see this so often where i can just tell that the commitment's not there and it comes from the quote for me that it's never a matter of resources, it's a matter of resourcefulness. But for me, it's, you know, everything is just a creative problem. And I don't think that we touch on commitment enough in this community. Uh, we talk a lot about, you know, taking it one day at a time. We talk about, you know, having goals and, and having a vision for your life. But I don't think we talk enough about just the element that commitment plays and what are you committed to? and the fact that quitting gaming is this beginning process of you redefining your relationship to success and, re- and relationship to the word commitment. So I think you're, you're talking commitment in the sense of, hey, this isn't just say you're going to do it, but take the action and actually sit with it even when it's enjoyable and also not enjoyable, like being open to everything that the game quitting experience has to offer, essentially. That's commitment, right? Absolutely. And it comes in play when you know you've quit gaming and you have some other goal or some other thing that you're working on but you're settling for less than you want you know you're settling you know just browsing the internet staying at home watching youtube videos not leaning into that discomfort of social anxiety in your life live it to the fullest right yeah and and that that's the the entire point of this whole community is is to quit gaming, but then to actually do something epic with your life. It's not meant to just quit games and then chill, you know, not make any other changes. Like quitting gaming is just the beginning. 
But after that, it's like, what do you really want to do? And, and what do you want to do from the place of like, if you could do anything, because you're here, so you might as well see what you can really accomplish. And, and the crazy thing is, is that if you do that and you commit to it one day at a time, you'll be blown away at how much progress you can make and just truly how amazing life can get. So for me, it's, it's a particular element of passion that I have towards don't just quit gaming, but like really try to do something cool. And my life is an example of how I've done that for myself. You know, I have an amazing group of friends. I travel all over the world. I have a business that, you know, is sustainable and makes a difference. You know, I travel all, all the time. You know, I, I just, I get to live in California. I, I go surfing. You know, all these different things are, are awesome things that, that I have created in my life. And I just want to encourage everyone listening, don't forget that the entire point of this is for you to do that for yourself. And it all begins with commitment. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. You know, it's funny. Um, now that you're bringing up, you know, we started off uh, before we hit the record button here. And you came on and you said, today we're talking commitment. And you threw in some expletives that I won't repeat. And uh, that's the topic of today, commitment. And it's funny that you chose that because I haven't really spoken to you about what we were going to do on this week's show. And coincidentally enough, I'm dealing with some commitment issues of my own. So I'll share that with you right now because I think this could be useful for um, anybody going through, well, the game quitting process, the 90-day detox, for example, which is the program I undertook, I believe, in episode two and I'm still going through on a day-by-day basis. Well, take this for example. This thing has been surprising, surprising to say the least. When I started... I thought it was going to be a breeze because I already kind of had a head start on quitting. It is teaching me things, though, that I didn't think it was going to. It's actually kind of peeling back the layers, and I'm seeing the dark side of things that I didn't really want to confront coming out. I committed to something that I probably shouldn't have, and that was the degree I chose to pursue. I am a computer science major at the moment. Why did I choose that degree? Cam, do you have any idea why maybe a year ago, knowing my past, why I would have chosen computer science as a degree? I imagine it had something to do with your gaming. Yes, you're right. Now, for me, it wasn't, I'm going to do this. This is my career goal. It was more like, I could do this if I pursued computer science. And for me, at a time in my life where things weren't really certain, I had just left the broadcast industry because I was feeling unfulfilled and the pay was just well, shitty to say the least. I was also going through some personal stuff and I wasn't in the best place maybe to be making that decision. And as I've said before in the podcast, when I go into that, when I used to go into that dark place where things aren't so great, I'd usually turn to games, right? To comfort me. Well, when I made this decision to pursue the degree, yes, there was a part of me that was thinking I could always go and be a game, you know, developer. And yep, I committed to that a year ago, but so much has changed since I made that decision. Now here we are today, right? I'm on the podcast with you and I've made the commitment to, to quitting gaming. And if you listen to last week's episode, you heard that I just sold a bunch of my stuff. Like I'm so happy with my progress and I feel so much better about my life, but there's still this remnant of that decision I made to commit to something a year ago. And I got to tell you, I've been struggling through the degree because... It's just not for me. For some people, computer programming 
great. It's a great career field to get into. I mean, the way the world's going, technology is everything. If you have that skill and it makes you happy doing that, good on you. But for me, I am not enjoying myself anymore. It's becoming stressful to study. It's becoming distracting even because I try to sit down and focus and I know that I made this decision because there was the promise of maybe I could work in the games industry, but that doesn't exist for me anymore. So oftentimes I catch myself wondering, what the hell am I doing this for? And that's led me down a path today where I'm starting to look at other things I'm good at. And because I've taken the 90-day detox, I've started to also kind of unveil some of my hidden skills that I didn't know I had or maybe wasn't paying attention to. So I'm thinking differently now about what I could be doing with my future. And although I may change paths, I'm still trying to finish this semester. And just trust me, every part of me is screaming to just just withdraw from the classes. Just get the hell away from the stuff. You're done with it. I could do that, but maybe that would be giving up. I'm on my last month. I might not do great, to be honest with you. I might even get a couple of F grades on some of my courses because of the disinterest and just the difficulty I'm having. But if I try as hard as I can, even though every day I, I loathe sitting at that desk, maybe, just maybe I could come out with enough maybe a C grade, maybe a B grade, maybe enough to know that I didn't just give up, right? That's an example, I think, of the dark side of commitment. There is going to be those times you don't want to do the thing you got to do. But if you're committing to something, it's like Cam said, live it to the fullest, experience every moment. What can I do now that I'm making this change in my life? As I have found new skills that I want to develop and pursue because of this commitment, I think you can do the same as someone who's quitting games. So, that's my progress update and my rant that ties into commitment. And in this situation, you get to decide and shift your priorities to you being committed to your growth, even if that looks different than how you would want it to look. And if you can't find the motivation from a place of like, oh, yay, I get my degree. Instead, how does this next month, what else does it have to teach you? You could, you could work hard and really use it to develop discipline. You could use it as a way of like, can I sit down and focus on something that isn't always like the most exciting thing for me? And I say this because for so much of my life, I refused to do anything I didn't like. And then it came time where I wanted to move to California, which meant I had to get a U.S. visa. And the U.S. visa process for me was about eight months. And there was a lot of red tape. I had to create a resume for the first time. I had never done that before. There's so many other things. There, were, there was one document that I had, had to create that took me at least a couple hours every day for three months straight. And I knew at the end I would have the visa, but all the rest of that work would be for nothing. And so I was super resistant to it. And I was like, why the hell would I invest my time in this when it's not actually giving me anything other than I get my visa? But that was the shift in my focus. Okay, I don't like this, but it's getting me the visa. And if I can take on a project this big that took me eight months of time, what are some other projects that you know I could take on that would help me like that? Okay, to write a book. That's not a small project. That's a big project. Even for me to make a book proposal was a serious effort. It's like a 65 to 70 page document. It's you know, a pretty substantial document. And being able to sit down and work at it, you know, one day at a time, a couple hours every day, be consistent and really focus on it 
has also brought tons of value to my life, right? So sometimes it's shifting the focus when we're in a situation that maybe we don't want ourselves to be in. How do we shift our focus to great? How can I be grateful for this experience? How can I shift the entire way I'm experiencing this? And how can I learn from this the most? Because a lot of what's triggering us from these different experiences is actually where we need to start to look at being able to transform our relationship to that because that trigger is also showing up in other areas of your life. So if you're in school right now and you're like, fuck, I have one month left, great, crush that month and make it the best month you can and learn as much as you can from it because it's not the next month that is really gonna change anything for you, but the way you show up to it, that's gonna change things. And then that also, when you start showing up in that sort of way, it inspires different ideas because you're like, oh shit, I could actually, I could launch a podcast or I could actually launch a YouTube uh, channel or you know, I could like go travel or backpack or whatever else your next goal is. You're like, wow, I was able to accomplish that. Now, what else do I want to do? Right. And, and that's where the momentum comes. So I think, you know, we always need to be thinking, you know, how can I be grateful for this experience, whatever it is? And, and what can I learn from it? Because that mindset is where you really change the game. And until you have it and, and until you, you consciously choose to come at your life from that place every single day, your results just aren't really going to be where you want them to be. And uh, I appreciate that advice that you're throwing out there because that's not just something for you, the listener, but also for me, I, I take that to heart. I think I needed to hear that from someone that uh, you just got to show up, you know, even if you don't love it and know that, like you said, maybe the end of the month, maybe it doesn't really take me anywhere, but I showed up, damn it, you know, <laughs> I didn't give up, didn't throw in the towel. So I can be proud of that. And uh, that's what I'm shooting for. 100%. And just, you know, for everyone listening, I'm not just saying this stuff from a place of like, oh, it sounds good or, oh, yeah, it's so easy. Now, you know, my life is sweet. There was a time in my life where I was a dishwasher at the restaurant. Ditto, man. And I worked my ass off as that dishwasher. I crushed it so hard at that restaurant. And I'm talking, it wasn't glamorous. I hate being bored. So I was like, all right, if there's nothing for me to do, then how can I go scrub the floor of the garbage cans or like whatever it was, I would literally crush it so hard every single day. And it's because I took a lot of pride in my work. And that's something my dad taught me. And taking pride in your work, man, that shows up everywhere. So for anyone listening, you know, you can start there. How can you start taking pride in yourself, taking pride in the work you do and doing that from a place of just effort? right? Are you putting in the effort? Are you actually working hard? Are you really trying? Are you staying committed when it's not easy? Because that's where commitment really needs to happen. It's easy to be committed when everything's going well, but commitment actually means being committed when it's the hardest, in the darkest moment. Can you dig deep and find that will within yourself? Because it's there, but you have to start looking for it. You have to start depending on it. Dig as deep as you can in that darkest moment. That really just struck a chord with me because like, I think, and there may be some, some of you listening right now that agree with this. Sometimes when you're in that darkest moment, you can't figure out how to dig deep. It's like you can't get your footing and you're, you're trying, but there's so much maybe anxiety or doubt in your mind that it is clouding your will to succeed. And something I found that can work is if you hit that low, that lowest low, and you want to try, but you just can't bring yourself to do it, is just stop. Stop trying so hard because... Even I did this today. I was trying to work on a course and I was just feeling 
frustrated, which was strange because I had a great workout in the morning. I was feeling awesome. And then as soon as I started doing the schoolwork, progressively, I started getting discouraged and I got to a point where I was just ready to tear my hair out. But I knew if I kept trying to just dig deep and accomplish the goal, I might drive myself a little crazy. So what I allowed myself to do is take a short break. I picked up a book that I just got from the library and I just sat down in the sun for about 10 minutes and I just went, okay, you know what? I'm just going to read and I'm not going to think about anything for 10 minutes. Even if I just read the same page over and over just because I need to like de-stress and I'm not really getting anything accomplished, you got to take that step back and then come back to the deepest, darkest moment and kick it right in the balls because at that point you recharge yourself, right? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Being... Hard on yourself is a very easy way to develop the wrong type of momentum because we are very good. Everyone listening to this, including myself, we are experts, master level experts at being difficult on ourselves. We have been doing that for our entire life. And it's no wonder then we have no motivation. Why would you have motivation when you're constantly in your head telling yourself that you suck? and that you failed again, and that you have no willpower, and you're lazy, and you're all these different things. You have to change that conversation. And I just found, at least in my own personal experience, I do a lot better with encouragement instead of discouragement. When I get messages from you guys, and, and for you know everyone who sent me one of these, I just want to say thanks because it really helps a lot, but for everyone who sent in messages saying they like the podcast, that's been super motivating for us. You know, today, like, we had a different interview schedule to come out and there were some technical issues and so we had to you know record this one instead and i wasn't originally super stoked about that i didn't really plan on having a podcast this week you know it totally shifted my schedule i had different plans for the week right and you have to roll with it but it's just one of those things right shit happens and you just go with it and you make the most of it but all the messages you guys have sent me saying that you like the podcast gave me that extra push to actually follow through and make sure that we have another episode this week instead of being like, ah, let's throw something else up or, you know, let's just not do it this week or whatever. So encouragement with yourself. I bet if you start focusing on that, you too will find what I found, which was then I was much more motivated to do things because doing things meant I was encouraging myself, saying good job, saying keep going, saying you've got this, like actually having these conversations with myself every single day, all day long in my own head. That helped me take action and action then made me feel good because I was taking action and that's a positive feedback loop. Have you ever tried this? Uh, speaking of that, you, you want to give yourself a positive message. Sometimes when you're feeling really good about something and you feel like you ever have a moment of clarity where things are really tough and then suddenly you just snap, I got it now. I know what I need to do. I know like you can see the goals. Bam, bam. I need to do this, this, this. I'm going to do it this way and everything's going to work out fine. And in that moment, you just feel like this thing I'm working so hard on that's challenging me just made sense, you know, but then later it starts to kind of fade away. Day goes by another day. You felt so great in that one moment. It's not the same anymore. You start to feel kind of like, okay, maybe I lost sight of those goals. You maybe even start to forget some of those goals you set. What I find is to capitalize on that moment where you're feeling positive about something that you want to change and you're feeling that motivation, take your phone and just like you said, Cam, reminding yourself, this is a great way to do that. You can record 
what it is you're feeling in that moment. Just record yourself like a one minute note saying, this is what I'm going to do to accomplish my goals. This is how I want to do it. And motivate yourself. Say, I can do this. I will do this by this date. Uh, I plan to be successful in this. Just give yourself that. And then anytime you're feeling low, you remember, oh, I have that boost now. I could pull out that recording. I can sit for a minute, listen to it and go, that's right. That's what I was working towards. And it's like an instant refresher and you're good to go again. I've, I've been using that a little myself with some personal goals. And I find sometimes it just, it just helps to, to remind yourself every once in a while, this is why I'm doing this. And even though it might suck right now, it doesn't have to suck because there's a reason for this. Exactly. Experiment. Find what works for you. That works for Jason. Try it. Experiment. Experience it. Because that's ultimately how you learn. And I think so often we make these decisions of whether are you going to try that or not. You think about it from a place of like, well, mm, I don't know. I'm not gonna, it's, that's not really for me. But like you've never even tried it. You've never even experienced it. So try it. Try journaling for the next seven days. Go on the Game Quiz Forum and journal. Talk about your why. Talk about why it's important for you to make this change in your life, whatever that change is. Try it. Go seven days. And then after that, make a decision. Do you want to continue it or not? But you don't have to be attached to a specific outcome. You can just experiment and try things. And that sort of mentality you know, will really help you a lot as, as you go forward in life. So yeah, great advice uh, from Jason for sure. And where do we want to go from here? Do we want to dive into questions? Do you want to add any final thoughts? Anything come up for you from everything we've been talking about? I've noticed for yourself, like when I was listening to, uh, I believe it was the Adam Roa podcast we did, was that episode four, I think? You pointed out something about how you guys were just hanging out one day, a group of your friends, and you kind of just went from moment to moment, and you just kind of let the day happen. You didn't like force anything, and you ended up having a really memorable day where you were like chilling out, and then you had a great conversation together, and it just got really deep and like meaningful, and you guys just all felt recharged and great after, right? I feel like that is something we can all learn from. And I think that was a really good example of just, just getting into your flow, right? I think once you're in that flow state, that whole part of you that uh, gives birth to like self-doubt and stuff like that, it can't thrive in that environment, you know? Speaking of back on the original topic of commitment, right? Of wanting to do something, of making sure you do it. Is there any way that you would say when you were still addicted to games and uh, where you are now? And did you see any parts of yourself that maybe could have benefited from flow state, could have benefited from letting go, from not being scared? Because back in the day, you probably didn't know what you knew about flow states now, I'm assuming, right? So for someone going through the game quitting process, they might feel like they can't access that because they don't know what it is, right? Yeah. And you know, I've, I've known about flow states sort of uh, before then, but this is a lot more of, you know, Adam is a good friend of mine. We were hanging out last night watching the, the NBA finals and we hang out all the time. We hung out all day Sunday. Your environment has an impact on you. And one of the gifts that I believe I have and something I highly encourage everyone else to kind of cultivate is I try to find what makes someone else great. And then I try to backwards engineer that within myself. So when I look at Adam, one of the things that you know really is quite amazing about him is that he lives in flow a lot. Like he just goes with the flow basically all day long at all moments and yet he crushes it. Like really crushes it. And 
that's super inspiring for me because I work a lot. I put in a lot of hours and that's my commitment, that's fine, but I can also learn how to live in more flow, right? And there's a great book called Stealing Fire by Stephen Kotler that I'm currently listening to that talks all about it. But finding flow states is where optimal performance is as well. And so I do certain things to find it. You know, I DJ, I go surfing, I work out, I go for runs. I try to find these ways that for me really help me tap into that flow. And you have to do that for yourself. But even one of the things I try to do is I just try to pay attention to what's the most exciting thing for me in the moment or like the most inspiring thing. What's something that really kind of calls to me right now in this moment? And I try and go do that while also being mindful of is that something that I'm called to because I'm looking for an escape or I'm looking for instant gratification or am I going to it because it really makes me feel inspired, right? And the more I've tapped into that, the, the more I've been able to be more productive. Speaking of uh, productivity and making the right choice, is this thing good for me or not? I guess, would you uh, say that playing video games could bring someone into the flow state? Do you think that's a possibility and maybe a dangerous possibility because it could be an easy way to access that? Or do you think that the flow state does not exist in the realm of gaming? Oh, gaming is a flow state. That's the fucking problem. See, now that's... Because... It, it's fully immersive. Maybe when I think of flow, I think productivity, I think. And I think that's just from the way I've kind of listened to you talk about it. It always sounds like, to me, flow is like, okay, you're doing something that's good for you and you know that. So you get into a state where you're making progress, you know, you're, you're flowing, right? I, I guess I didn't really think of it as, oh, I have a gaming addiction, but okay, please continue. I see, I see where you're going. So fl- flow is like you're in the zone, you know, so here, here at WeWork, uh, there's a ping pong table. Uh, WeWork's the, the office space I have, and, and there's a ping pong table, and I've played quite a bit of ping pong today, like maybe four or five games. And in that, I'm in flow state. I'm fully immersed in the experience. Time disappears. I don't even know how long those games are because I'm not counting time. I'm just counting points. But during that, like, the whole world disappears. And I'm just there in that moment. But what's amazing is in that moment, I'm so immersed in what I'm doing that I'm unable to think of things like, oh, what's stressing me out right now in my life? Or what problems do I have at work? Those aren't even thoughts I have because I'm fully immersed in the moment in front of that ping pong table. Surfing is the same thing. When I'm riding a wave, there's literally no other room in my brain for me to think about anything else other than what's immediately in front of me on this wave. But what's amazing is I come out of the water and I'm like, wow, my mind is really clear right now. I don't have all this mental chatter, which also improves my overall quality of life. So I try to find that flow as much as I can, whether it's productivity, like staying super focused on one task or finding the other activities in my life that help me feel that or just approaching my every day with this sort of how do I find that natural cadence in my life and in my day where I feel super inspired and, and excited and, and just in the moment instead of walking around like stressed, not paying any attention, not noticing anything around you, feeling super tense and just feeling really frustrated that you're having to do all the things you have to do, which again comes back to commitment and refocusing on 
what's the purpose behind what you're doing in the moment? Even if it's something that you don't like, how can you use that to develop your skills? How can you use that to learn from it? Because that's a completely different way to experience everything in your life. Yeah, I guess when you think of flow as a term, that the way you kind of describe it there makes a little bit more sense. And for anybody who maybe was on the same train as me, a little bit confused, uh, flow is kind of like an, a neutral thing. It's just flow. It can be good for you. It could also be bad for you, right? You could be, like you said, surfing and just forgetting about your troubles, de-stressing, but it could also be, I don't know, you go on a cocaine binge and go, God, I don't know, flow state could be anything, right? So I guess flow state, if anything, is a tool and you should use it carefully and uh, to your advantage. Mindfully, always being aware of what is serving me or is this serving me or is this something that is aligned with the vision I have for my life? Is this helping me become who I want to be? Asking yourself those questions because that feedback is very important and awareness creates choice. So if you want to have more choice in your life to choose to do the things that you want to do, you have to start with more awareness. And that begins with checking in with yourself, journaling, reflecting, being very intentional in the moment. Right. So there you go. If we combine those things we've talked about today, you know, commitment, riding it out, always striving to use your time wisely and not just sit back, relax and enjoy now that you're not gaming, but rather trying to improve your life and doing so with your brand new, your brand new best friend flow. You know, if you can get into a flow state doing something positive, then I'd say, Cam, you're probably on the right track to success in your commitment. Definitely. There you go. Some questions. I think we have some questions from, from the audience. Check it out here. We've got a few for today, Cam. The first one, is there any productive use for video games? I think so. I mean, again, this isn't something where gaming is good or bad. I think gaming does have a lot that it can teach us if it's channeled properly. You know, the classic example is always hand-eye coordination, which I think is a sham because you could also learn that by juggling probably better. Yeah, but that one's always bothered me too. Every time I hear it, and it's funny, I'll see, you know, hardcore gamers on the internet defending that one with a passion like, oh, games aren't bad for you. What about all the hand-eye coordination? It's like, really? Come on. <laughs> so it's, I mean, that's, that's a classic example. But, you know, I, I think gaming can teach you about empathy. I think gaming can teach you to cooperate. I think there's a lot of leadership skills that can be developed. But is that also the intention that you have when you're learning it? And so often, you know, if you're learning something or you want to learn something, it has to do with focused effort and, and really being aware of the fact that you're trying to learn that and not just kind of expecting to learn these things just magically as you go throughout your life, right? So yeah, sure, gaming has some productive uses and I think that there's a lot of tools that you know you can use gaming for in a positive way, but if you struggle with addiction, you definitely should not be justifying your gaming because of those things. Uh, you can learn a lot of those things in a lot of different ways. You know, but I think if someone has a healthy use of gaming, sure, there's some things that they're learning from it, but if you're not conscious about that and you're not being intentional about that, then how much of it are you truly retaining? Yeah, that's right. You know what? I agree with that. There can be positives. And I talked about that in the last week's podcast. I was able to bond with my brothers at an early age because we had a video game console and that would get us together and 
we would do that as a group of brothers, just having a good time. It totally can have its benefits, but you do have to be careful and uh, understand your intentions. Now, the second question we have here, Cam, is what are some reasons to let go of the gaming identity? I just generally think labels and things like that aren't always serving us in the in the biggest way, right? Be more fluid. Be the identity of you. And, you know, yeah, sure, gaming was a part of you and it meant something to you. And that doesn't mean that it has to be an official title for your life either. It's something that's cool. It's something that, you know, you've been a part of, but you don't have to continue to live your life by gaming if that's something that you want to move on from. And continuing to game just because you feel like you're a gamer is you know, come on, like, we can do better than that. You know, we can, we can have higher standards for the things that influence us than that. You know, gaming was special to you, great. You know, I sure, I was a gamer, but I n very rarely, if ever, even use that term as it references to myself because I have a desire to be many different things, but they're more about the values I have, not the labels and titles that make me feel like I'm a part of a specific community. You know, yeah, I'm a DJ, but, you know, I don't walk around telling people I'm a DJ. DJing for me, I just love music, right? That's far more of, of what I love. I just love music, right? And, you know, for you, maybe you love gaming and that's cool, but it doesn't have to be your source of identity. And I, I think that's the reason to let it go because you should be creating your own identity of who you are and what you stand for and you know how you want to contribute to the world. Yeah, that plus marketing really sucks. You know, if you get caught up in that, please be careful because sometimes the marketing for video games, you know, the way they tell you you got to have the next big thing or you know, just the way advertising kind of pushes you to feel like you'll be more of a gamer or more a part of the community if you're spending money on the hobby and stuff like that. That's always bothered me. And there's a lot of that in, in video game advertising, just a push for you to be one of us, you know, like you got to get the, the deluxe edition of the game that costs $300 because just getting the game isn't enough. You know what I mean? Exactly. That kind of stuff. You know, be very conscious and intentional with what's influencing you. And think about what your values are. Like, what do you truly value? What do you really care for? What is really important to you? Be super aware of all that stuff because ultimately that's what's really driving your life. And yeah, I just think it's important to, to always think back of how do you build your sense of identity or your self-worth or your self-esteem from a place of what you truly desire and who you know you are and what your values are and the character that you have instead of on these trendy subcultures, gamers, you know, whatever else, that someone else is influencing what that means and someone else is defining what that means. And you're taking that on instead of just creating it for yourself. There you go. You know, it's so true. You gotta, you gotta be authentic to yourself because at the end of the day, you can't take any of that stuff that you bought with you when you die. Can you speak to replacement activities that would be recommended for former gamers? We recommend three different types of activities. The first is mentally engaging something like a skill to develop, something where you can have kind of like a goal or mission around it. You know, that's things like learning a new instrument, a new language, starting a side business, joining a sports team, martial arts, anything that kind of gives you an ability to see your growth and progress. And that's, you know, very immersive, like we talked about earlier. 
The second type of activity is something resting. So you want to have something that, something that you can do when you're at home and you're tired and bored from the day. Uh, you know, reading, listening to podcasts, cooking, uh, hanging out with your roommates, calling a friend, all these different things are, are really good ways for you to, you know, just kind of like come down from the day. The third is something social, something to help you make new friends. You know, you, you need to find new friends who have different values than gaming. Because if you're trying to quit gaming, then you want to be super conscious of your environment. You know, like I said earlier, when I hang out with Adam, I notice that, you know, he lives with a lot of flow. And that influences me to start thinking about how I could apply that in my own life. Your environment has a major influence on you. So if your entire environment are gamers, well, that's going to influence you to want a game so when you quit gaming you want to start finding some new groups of friends some new people to hang out with who care about other things than gaming that will help a lot and if anyone needs any ideas for different activities you can go to gamequiz.com and we have a guide called 60 plus new hobby ideas that will lay out 60 different ideas for you of you know all these different types of hobbies you can have and so you can go to gamequiz.com and find that. But, you know, it's super important that you find replacement activities and, and that they come from a place of fulfilling the different areas that gaming f fulfilled for you, whether that's something, you know, where you got to see growth and progress, something that helped you make friends, or something that helped you escape from the day. So continuing on with that question, Cam, I've got sick hand-eye coordination skills. What activities might best carry over from skills developed while playing video games? So gaming taught you a lot of different things. You know, I was saying earlier today to a friend about how it's so interesting that as gamers, you do so much research into how to be the best player you can be. You know, you read forums, you read strategy guides, you're, you know, watching replays, you're, you know, scheduling coaching sessions with pro gamers, whatever else. Like you're doing everything you can to become better at the game. And then you take that strategy and you never apply it to any other area of your life. How does that make sense? If you applied the same way that you got good at games to any other thing that you wanted to learn, you would be a master. Because the people listening to this podcast are not noobs. They're very, very good players, right? Some of the best players in the world. You've played a lot. That's also part of how you got good. So are you applying it to other areas? Gaming, sure, based on the interest in, in the different types of games that you played, that probably gives you some insight into different hobbies or passions or, or jobs that you might like. You know, if you're really into role-playing games, you like, you like the story element, right? So maybe you would be good in filmmaking or in animation or in uh, drama or theater. You know, you could try an improv class. You know, I, I think that the types of games you played gives you a lot of insight or the reason you liked gaming gives you a lot of insight. And at the end of the day, when you quit gaming, you're going into a new chapter of your life that you get to try new things because gaming probably has been something that you were super drawn to and it took up basically all of your time. And so you haven't tried a lot of different things. So I'd really encourage everyone listening to this, start trying something new. Go take a salsa class, take a cooking class, Go travel, go on a road trip, just go on an adventure, go do some things, try some new things. And after experiencing them, then make a decision about whether or not you want to try it again or not. Because passion isn't developed by just trying something one time. Passion is developed through challenge and by putting more hours in, by putting more time in. That's where passion comes from. So you have to put in more hours, you have to try new things and be willing to stick with it. Very well said. Awesome. If anyone else has any questions, email me cam at gamequiz.com. 
and we'll answer yours on a future episode. Uh, definitely send your questions in, guys. We'd love to, to answer them. We really want to make this as valuable for you as possible. And so just to give a preview, next week we have Dr. Richard Freed who wrote a book called Wired Child. He'll be coming on the podcast. Really interesting interview. So stay tuned for that. And again, if you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, email me, cam, at gamecores.com, and we'd be happy to feature them. There you go. Straight from the man himself, sending those questions. And uh, I'm looking forward to next week. That's uh, going to be a great interview. Um, and this is just really the beginning. I mean, we're, what, episode nine next week. We've almost made double digits, buddy. Double digits is coming up fast. We're doing it. If you know anything about me, consistency is a superpower. And we have over 150 videos for free on YouTube, which is kind of crazy. And, you know, this podcast is just going to continue to climb. So, you know, stick with us. Thanks so much for being here. Make sure that you subscribe. Uh, you know, leave us a review on whatever podcast app you're listening to this. Uh, it's on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, all the things. We're working on Spotify at some point. But really appreciate each of you for listening. And, again, if you have any questions, cam at gamequitters.com. You can check the 60-plus new hobby ideas on gamequitters.com. And here's to another week. Make the most of it. Go out there, kick some ass, live an epic life. And we'll see you back here for the next episode of the Game Quarters podcast. For full-length episodes of the Game Quitters podcast, be sure to check us out on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash gamequitters. Or visit us online at www.gamequitters.com.